Hey guys, I'm Imelda. And I'm Katie. And welcome to our brand new podcast, The, the Other, Other Side, Side of Fear. Fear. Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. Today we have myself, Imelda and Katie. And this is actually going to be a bit more of a fun episode because we're going to be giving you a little bit of insight into our lives, our traveling and our adventures. I feel like we did this before in a podcast, Katie, and people kind of said we skimmed over it a little bit. So now we're actually going to be giving them all the detail, which is fun. So I'll leave you start. Tell me, how did your love for traveling come about? Thanks, Imelda. Yes, and I think you're right. We did kind of skim over some things before. So let's go back to the beginning. I guess I think when a lot of people think about, you know, our online businesses and, and things like that, they think a park is like traveling, right? So really, for me, that was one of the main reasons, actually, I started my own business. Um you know, I used to spend years, I mean, going back to being a kid, like growing up, I used to always want to travel. I remember literally having like, I used to like, you know, the travel magazines that come with yeah. like the papers. I used to like cut out pictures of like Maldives and like South Africa and all these places. And I used to put them into like an little um, like scrapbook that I had. <laughs> you were fishing boarding. <laughs> Literally, I was vision boarding back when I was like eight years old. Like I was manifesting that stuff for years. <laughs> so yeah, that used to be, yeah, I always wanted to travel. And, um, you know, I went on like holiday trips and stuff like that with my family. Um, and yeah, I remember, you know, I used to go away with like friends and stuff like that. But it wasn't really until... I guess so I moved to Cambridge and I got my first like full-time job as a nurse. I was like 21, 22 and I suddenly like had obviously money <laughs> and um, annual leave. So time off. And that was really when I started traveling properly. And I remember the first time going outside of Europe and I will never forget it. It was to Morocco. And I remember just landing there and like, I don't know if you've ever been to Morocco, but it's obviously culturally very different to other parts of Europe, even though Europe has lots of different cultures in itself. Morocco was just a whole other assault to the senses, like everything like that. And I remember landing there and being like, wow, I can't even describe the feeling, but just like, like a different culture, just like, I remember just being like, oh my God, like, this is like, for some people, they might find that like uncomfortable, but I yeah. actually felt like it just, I just opened up. I was like, oh my God, like, look at this. This is how other people live. Like, this is so cool. This is so different. Like, I'm really, really curious. And it really sparked that curiosity in me. Love. And even um, things like, you know, hearing them, the different languages, like the different um, smells, the different foods, like absolutely. That was really for me where... I was like, yeah, I love this. And then, yeah, living in living in Cambridge, I every few weeks I had annual leave, I would literally be away somewhere, um, somewhere different. And then I went to, yeah, I mean, I went to like various places. Like I would always take like a kind of three week annual leave every so often and go somewhere like, so I would have went to like Guatemala, like Lebanon. They would have been like the two places that I started to go to like first um, that were like outside Europe. I went to Iceland, San Francisco. Um, then, yeah, then I, I left my job and went traveling around like Southeast Asia, like all that that area. And yeah, it, it just is kind of like for myself, like if you come back to the question, the love of travel, really, I had it all my life. I think I always had the travel yeah. book and um, I always knew I wanted to live away and experience those things. And gosh, I have no regrets. I'm so glad I did it. Like I literally, 
that makes me literally so happy because I feel like there's so many people that are like, will I travel? Will I stay? And that was my mindset. Even two years ago, I was like, will I travel? Will I stay? And then the one thing that I kept saying to myself, I was like, I will never regret traveling, but I will always regret not doing it. So I was like, I'm better off to do it now and have fun and enjoy it all instead of down the line. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you like the worst you can do, and I always tell her this, the worst you can do is you just have to come home. And I said to all the girls, anyone who messages me be like, I really want to solo travel. I just don't know how to do it. What if I don't like it? And I'm like, have enough money to come home. I'm like, that's it. As long as you can book a flight home. Yeah, and it opens up your mind so much, like, and we're so lucky that we're, like, privileged enough, I suppose, to be able to do this, like, you know, and, like, I would always, like, you know, I suppose, leading on then to another question, like, were you always like this, Imelda? Did you always love to travel? Or is this just something in the last few years that you're like, ooh, because I feel like, especially, I don't know, like, for me, though, this is quite interesting. Like, when I grew up, we, like, I'm millennial, I think, generation, like, we had Instagram and stuff. And even when I went traveling five years ago, like, there was some stuff like to do with traveling, but it wasn't like it is now where there's like reels and all these like things where everyone's like, oh my God, I want to do that. But there wasn't as much as that back then. But like, where did you kind of find your love of travel came from? Love. So I always loved traveling, I'd say. But I don't know, it's kind of funny because we went on holidays when I was young, but we wouldn't go on holidays all the time. Like every few years we'd go to Spain or whatever. And then I started like volunteering and volunteering abroad. So I would have been a part of like Coral in the Nogue, the National Youth Council. And I would have gotten like opportunities to work abroad, which was really, really good. So I was working, but it, it, it was voluntary. Like I was literally just representing and going over. Um, and I just fell in love with it. And I met, I remember exploring Europe and doing Brussels and going to Strasbourg and just walking around. And I was only like 16, 17. And I was like, this is such a buzz. I think that gave me a lot of confidence. Once nothing went wrong, I was like, this is giving me a lot of confidence to go again. And then I went to Paris with one of the girls when we were like 18, I think. And we absolutely fell in love with it. And then it just went from there. I just love traveling. And then while I was studying, I was t- not tired of just going for like a week or like two weeks. I was like, I want to go for a lot longer. I was like, I want to try like a three month stint somewhere. Um, so when I was in university, it must have been in my second year of college, I did a J1 and I went over to America. And I remember telling my family and I was literally like, I want to go to America for three months. And they were like, what do you mean you're going to go to America for three months? And I was like, why not? I was like, why wouldn't I go to America for three months? And I applied for a J1 and I ended up doing it. And I went to Wisconsin in America, so below Canada. Um, and I was the photographer and I did social media management for him, which was really cool. And it was the best crap ever because it was an all boys summer camp. So I had my own cabin. I was off every evening, every morning I got breakfast. All the little, all the kids literally looked at me like I was kind of like a mother because they're all quite young and stuff. Uh-huh. If they had any issues, they'd come up to me and they'd cry because they wouldn't really go to the boys. Um, so they all loved me. And then I was able to swim the lake every day and the weather was amazing. So I loved that. And then from there, to so that for two and a half months, three months, and then I went to Chicago and I fell in love with Chicago. Chicago is just like a dream place. And I've also done America as well, which I'm very, very, or New York as well. So I was very, very lucky to be able to travel these places. But like I saved, like I didn't go on any holidays for about two years, I'd say, because I was like, I'm not going to be earning good money while I'm doing this. Because I think I only got paid like, oh my God, like a euro max. I think I worked it out and it was like 92 cents an hour. But yeah, then I came home 
And then I think I always told myself when I was younger, I was going to, I was going to travel. So I, I was never going to work in Ireland. I was going to work abroad. But then I ended up getting a good job here in Ireland, working at the university. So I kind of, it went to the back of my mind, but I always knew I wanted to travel again and be able to work and travel. And then I remember saying it to one of the lads, literally like six months before I handed over my notice, I was like, when I get permanent, I am going to take a career break and I'm just going to travel for a year or two. I was like, yeah, I can take a three-year career break. I was like, I'll do it then. And then after those six months, I literally looked at myself and I was like, I'm 24. I don't have to wait for a career break. I don't have to be in a full-time job. I was like, I'm just giving myself this excuse. And then I went to one of the lads and I told him I was going to go traveling, kind of asked him his opinions. I was just trying to look for advice and support. And he was like, fuck it, just book the flight. He was like, just go. And I was like, okay. And I literally booked the flight then within... 48 hours and then I went into work and it was so funny because I was actually so I was going for a grade four within my job to be made like permanent within two years and the interviews in the college usually take about six months um, like you're waiting six months to get an interview but they sped the process up within four weeks and gave me an interview and when I went into the office and I seen the email came through I went straight to Connor my manager and I was like Connor he was like oh you're going to chat to me about the interview like do you want to wrap this and stuff and I was like no and I was like I'm leaving and he just kind of like he went what and I couldn't communicate that because I loved the job I loved it more than anything and I literally just went to him and everything came out at once so I was like I really like my job here but I was like but I'm leaving I'm gone and he was like what do you mean you're gone and I was like I'm handing in my notice I'm going to Asia so no joke I literally booked a flight handed in my notice and then I within five days I left the job and hopped on a flight and moved to Bali and then I literally Travelled Asia for seven months, all of Bali, all of Thailand, all of Laos, and then yeah. And now I actually, I'm a very you people have probably realised this for a podcast. You definitely know this thing. I'm a very like just go with the person. So two two weeks ago, I booked a flight to Sri Lanka. Now I leave on a Friday, but I'm going back to Asia for another three months. I don't know. I remember like the like you know questions when I left. Like I know when I left my job for the first time, like it was a permanent job I had. Like I was a junior sister, like running a busy unit, like a really good job. Yeah. But I just I I was done. Like I was just done. I wanted to travel and yeah, I it was very hard for me to do. I think more the first time than the second time because like, you know, there was a lot of senior people ahead of me who would have been like, Are you sure you want to do this? And often quite like, you know, patronizing. Like, why are you doing this with a permanent job? But I also could see, like, that I'm a damn good nurse. If I want to come back to this, I can come back to this. And my managers were so supportive of me. And, like, I just kind of had that in my mind. Like, you know, I'm thankfully, I'm, I'm, I speak English. I'm, I'm registered, you know, in, in two different countries. I can come back to a job if things don't go well. And that was just, like, what I had in me. I knew that. And, yeah, and I did. I came back. I came back after my travel in Southeast Asia. I came back, walked into another job and built my way up again <laughs> love and this I feel like this is definitely a question that people probably ask themselves slash would probably ask us after the podcast because I know one nerve-wracking thing and it always went through my mind is leaving the job to go and do what I really want to do so to go travel the world to be able to work for myself so like what advice or tips would you give to somebody who is probably Thinking there along the line of the situation that the two of us were, that we're like, do we stay in the job for security or do we go and live the life that we want to not regret? Because like what I always say to people is I'm like, give it a year. I'm like, do it for a year. Put your all in 
and enjoy it. And then after that year, if it works out, amazing. And if it doesn't work out and you want to come home, come home and that's okay. But like, what would your advice to those people be? Yeah, I think like, firstly, you kind of have to think about why is it that you want to go travel? Like, I mean, I think if you're in your early 20s, you know, like mid 20s, like just do it. Don't even think about it. You can always walk back to a job you know, um, and the job will always be there. But I think, I suppose, putting my angle on it as someone who's now 30 and maybe people who are maybe around my age or into their 30s, like it is definitely seen as a harder thing to do as opposed to if you're in like your early 20s, say, for example. So like what I'd say to people who are like in maybe their 30s or in their late 20s, like it's a lot harder to do something like that because generally you've like established yourself in a career or you have like partners, you have friends, you have kind of People are maybe settling down, having babies and all that. Like it's a lot harder at this point. But I would always just say, like, go back to why you want to do it. Like have a look at, is it because you always wanted to do it and you never did it? Or is it because you're running away from something? You know, so have a think about what exactly is it? Like if you want to travel and you've written down that you have always wanted to travel and you just haven't done it yet, then speak to the people that are your friends. Like they'll all understand your family. They'll all understand, you know, and if they love you, they'll understand and just literally just do it because you're always going to have the regret otherwise. And remember that like with the economy that we're in now at the moment, like jobs will always be there to come back to, thankfully. Yeah. You know, what's what's the worst case scenario? You get into your 40s, 50s and you've still not done it. You know, your health is not guaranteed as you get older. So if anyone is kind of in their late 20s and 30s and they want to travel, just think about that. It's like, why do you want to travel? Is it something you've always wanted to do? Then do it, like, because life is so short. And if it's something that, you know, maybe you have other reasons that you want to travel, like, I would just say 100% do it. Don't even, like, what what I would, a tip, and this is what i done, is actually I get myself a date. I put a set date as to make the decision. So I was like 27, I think, at the time. 28. And I was like, okay, I was like, by this date, so it was like July something, I have to have made the decision. And I make the decision and there's no turning back. As in, I, I could not chicken out of it. So I gave myself a good like kind of six months to see if I still felt that way in six months time. And that's what I'd say is like, still, if, you, if this is something you've been thinking about for a long time, then give yourself that few six months, set a date. And then when the date comes, whatever your feeling decision is, stick with it and don't go back. Because I stuck with that decision. And there was times after that, after I handed in my notice to my boss and was like, ciao, I'm out of here. Uh, yep. There was times where I was like, no, I regret doing this. But because I'd, I'd said to myself, no, I'm doing it. I've made a decision. It it happened. And yeah, like just literally life is so short. Like just literally, I know that's a cliche that everyone throws around, but it's actually so true. But no, it's so true. It is the thing. And that was my mindset. I was like, because I remember I was the same as you when I did hand in my notes, when I did go through everything that year ago. And I was literally like, some parts of me when I was traveling, I was like, oh, did I make the right decision? Did I make the wrong decision? And then I was like, my future self will never regret it. And the one thing, it's literally that I said at the start here, that I kept telling myself is that give it a year. And if it works out, amazing. If it doesn't work out, you can always come home. I can always go back into a job. I'll have experience in multiple roles, multiple areas. So I was like, I'm not actually losing anything by going there. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are worried like about the gap on their CV, but <laughs> actually coming from experience, like I had that gap on my CV. Like when I went, when I came back traveling the first time, I had that gap on my CV and I did again go for another senior nurse role. And I just literally talked in that interview that that was my passion. It's what I really wanted to do. 
and like they respected that and I think like just being straight up and being like yeah you you wanted to take some time off to to follow your passion is is not looked down on as the way it maybe is is used to be looked down on I think yeah 100% especially if you like could have been like a societal thing before that it's like no you keep working whereas now it's like like if someone asks what's the gap in your CV and it's traveling Realistically, another interviewer is just going to want to understand your personality to make sure that your values align. So they're going to be like, oh, cool. Tell us about traveling. And it's just another interview question. Now, of course, I don't know if that will be for nursing, but I know for the jobs that I was in, in universities, admin marketing, that, that was very much the question because they want to see what your energy is like and will you fit their team instead of being like, oh, well, what did you do for this year? Like, it's, yeah. a, lot nicer. it's a lot nicer these this time around. I think it's easier now for us nowadays as opposed to, especially like with Gen Z and all that, like there's a lot more like remote working, flexible working, all of this, like it's a lot more, you know, kind of normalized that people want to travel. So absolutely. Massive. But um, I suppose one thing that I wanted to kind of get your opinion on, and then I'm going to share mine as well, because we've both done a fair bit of traveling now and working at the same time. So I suppose there's traveling and then there's working and traveling, right? So kind of it's it's quite different um and it's quite a new concept to the world i guess really not totally new but like um i think i suppose people would have always maybe worked there would have been a few people who could work and travel and you know as in they work in hostels and move around you know like the old fashioned digital nomads the original <laughs> digital nomads um but i suppose now like it's become such a new a new enough concept in the last few years like this whole digital nomadism i think what from your travels did you find was um, like, could you share any tips for people who maybe, for example, would have been in your shoes six months ago and were looking at people working and traveling? What would you want them to know about working and traveling? Like tips or realities? Such a good question. Love this. And this definitely brings it back to social media because before I was working and traveling, I see people doing it on social media and I was like, oh my God, like look at them swimming with turtles and look at them surfing and doing whatever they want during the day and they're probably barely working and they're making a big income. And that was straight up my mindset. I was looking at influencers, I was looking at digital nomads, I was looking at people working and I was like, that's the life I want. And I knew it was, but then I was living it and then I was doing it. And even though I'm a big supporter of people traveling, people working, it, it's finding the balance that is key because I can definitely give like, I'm literally going to give my two sides to it. So when I was working working and backpacking, it was tough because I was around people who were backpacking and they weren't working. Whereas they'd be going to activities and adventures and I might actually have to like work the hours that they might have um, been going off and doing stuff. So then I was nearly missing out on doing those activities and doing those adventures. I didn't really mind because I loved what I was doing. So I was happy to like take a day or two out every time to have to focus mainly on work. Um, but I remember then, cause I traveled slow and I was very lucky. I traveled very slow through Bali for the first two months. And then through Thailand, I traveled for eight weeks while I was working and going. But then through, from Bangkok up to North Thailand, we traveled really quickly. So every three days we were moving and I actually got so stressed because I was working with like four, three, three or four clients, I think at the time. And we were in a new place every time. I didn't know if the internet was going to be great in that place. And I had to be working. The European time. So I'd work, say in Thailand, I think I'd start work at three and I might finish like five or six. Um, so it's totally totally grand. But we were going so quick, I couldn't actually like settle anywhere to be able to work and to be able to still enjoy the traveling. 
So like I actually, and actually burnt me out was the thing because I was trying to focus on two things at once. And then I remember I got to Laos and it was in North Island that I was like, will I keep traveling or will I keep working or will I just base myself somewhere? And I remember I got to Laos and I was like, oh no, I love this. I want to keep going. And then after two weeks, it just, it all hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was literally like, I can't keep going the way I'm going because I'm going to burn myself out. So in my mind, I was like, I'm either going to have to like drop off a client or I'm just going to have to pause and just take a break. And luckily I realized for myself, I was like, I'm going to actually pause and I'm just going to take a break for traveling. And I loved it then once I took a break and I realized slow traveling is the type of traveling I love to do because I get to actually immerse myself in the country and in the culture. So in my opinion, pros and cons to both, because I feel like Instagram shows off a glamorous digital nomad lifestyle where it's like you're going to be on the beach working from your laptop. Dipping on coconuts, having a cocktail. And even though you can do that, realistically, lads, are you going to go to the beach with your laptop? Because when the sun's shining, you can't see your laptop anyways. Luckily, you can't see shit. You can't see shit, like. You're going to get sand everywhere. And it's not worse when you bring back sand into your room. Whereas I'd rather work in a co-working place space near a beach or something and work there for three hours and then walk down to the beach. Yeah, I know. It's such a good point because Instagram does. And I'm guilty of it as well, probably like putting up these fab pictures. But generally, like I've never worked for a beach anyway. God, never. Like I've worked for some cool co-working spaces, um, but I've also worked from some absolute shitholes. Like, I mean, like where there's like the Wi-Fi doesn't work. Like I remember this hostel like in like somewhere outside Rio de Janeiro and it was like this really bad hostel like really smelly hostel and like I had like we just booked it last minute and it was oh my god it was so stressful because I was trying to work like with really crap wi-fi there was like people cooking around me like the table was dirty like you know it's not all as glamorous as it's made out to be really and a lot of the times people do paint this beautiful glamorous picture but you know what? On the same time, it is an absolute blessing to be able to do this and to be able to work from anywhere. But I think it's just if anyone is thinking about doing it, just to be like the realities of it is that, you know, it is actually, you know, you still have to work. You still have to put in the hours. Um, For example, if you're traveling with a group of people and they're not working as well, it can be hard because you have to actually, they, they like, they're not aware that you're actually working. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes they, if they're not like, online workers or remote workers they don't get or they just think you're on your phone but you're actually working do you know what I mean so it's hard to kind of explain that um but no I think it's it's definitely it's definitely like like as you said there's slow travel is probably the best way to do it and basing yourself somewhere you know giving yourself a chance batching work maybe doing work you know in selected time periods so that you can actually enjoy outside that um but one thing I'd love to touch on I know we're like kind of just talking about it briefly but what I find so interesting and I'd love to know your opinion is like where do you think the future of digital nomadism will go like this is such a like I love these questions because I just feel like there's pros and there's cons and it's like what's next like for this is just everyone going to be a digital nomad apart like or are, are all jobs like obviously there's jobs that they need people for physically for example even a nurse you know my own you know uh, degree but I kind of I'm just wondering like because there's a lot of as well I know in Portugal there's a lot of kind of um, you know in my own opinion anyway like I have a lot of Portuguese friends there's a lot of kind of um, you know upset or frustration there maybe with kind of um, some some not all but certain people who like claim to be digital nomads like kind of um, disrespecting the culture and like causing 
um, a bit of upheaval in the local economy in terms of like they would say that they're to blame for the increase in rents. But it's a very hard one. That's just kind of what I'm hearing on the street. No, 100%. And it's such a good question because I was literally only, I think I was either reading an Irish film about it yesterday or, and might have been listening to a podcast about it last week. It's so funny because, so, you know, when people, when you watch the reels and people ask like millionaires, it's like, what should people start to be studying now? And it's funny because a lot of those people are now like, if you're listening to this, get into construction, get into building, get into all this stuff. The reason being is because so many people are moving online to the digital nomad world that they actually aren't going to have people who are qualified in like construction, in nursing, in jobs that you need to be in. So there's a very big divide that maybe in a few years time, the wages that people should be paid, they are going to be paid. So construction workers will be paid the amount they deserve. Nurses will be paid the amount they deserve because you're not going to be able to get this thing. Um, I do think the digital nomad side will be there, but it's only going to be in regards to certain jobs. And I don't know, that's an interesting one because I wonder, you know, like for us, like we do, we do marketing, we do podcasting, um, we teach people administration and stuff. But like, do you think, like, this is me putting the question back on you, but do you think that will ever stop? Like, are we in it for like maybe a few years and then people are going to be like, it's just going to be over? I don't know. That's actually a really interesting one because like marketing itself, like has always been there in different formats, Um, you know, down through the it's years, like so much like we it's don't just do. changed yeah like it used to be pr and newspapers and magazines whereas it still is but now in the past two years it's jumped onto social media it's instagram it's tiktok it's linkedin it's facebook whereas what's it going to be in another two years it's such an interesting question and it's one of those things like i think marketing is always going to be there but it might develop i don't know I feel like obviously TikTok is blowing up now. I, I think that's going to be definitely an area that people, podcasts as well is is a great area. I think people are kind of, I don't know, from my own experience, some people are getting a bit tired of like the kind of Instagram side of things. Um, yeah. But it's it's interesting to see. I think, you know, technology is always changing with, with AI and things now. You just don't know what's around the corner. Like, will AI be able to do marketing? Will there be, you know, you just don't know. I mean, it can oh, do marketing, yeah. but like it obviously, oh, you know, it's really needs. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. But I don't know. I love the point that you touched on there about like those actual jobs, construction, nursing, those actual physical labor jobs actually in being in more demand and being paid correctly. Because it makes me wonder, like, maybe this is a good thing because it will bring more balance then back into the world where people like this will actually get paid correctly for what they're doing. So it might actually be a positive thing in the long run. But um. I suppose it is kind of, I suppose, these these countries that, that people, you know, go to with a, that are a cheaper cost of living. You just kind of wonder there, you know, how supportive is that of the locals and how can we be, you know, as did people who travel and work like in these places, how can we be kind of, I suppose, always keeping in your mind of how you can be kind of supportive of the local economy too. And for example, like if anyone, I know a lot of digital moments are in Portugal, like it's things like, making sure that you're supporting the local cafes there also and not just going to the franchises or the chains. Make sure you're respecting, you know, learning a couple of words when you go somewhere, at least thank you and hello and, you know, kind of being respectful of your environment that you're in. That's all I would say purely from having like a lot of Portuguese friends and a lot of people who 
um, you know, that I've had these conversations with. I guess it's just like supporting local economy as much as you can. And, you know, that's how you get to know the culture as well is going there, going to the little cafe with with Maria, you know, who owns it yeah. for the last 40 years instead of you know, going to Starbucks or, you know, it's just that kind of things I think can it's, help. And I totally agree with that, especially with sport. Even if like, if you're not going to Europe, if you're going to Asia, because like, I remember I was over there and we were literally getting onto a boat and there was a group of English fellas behind me and someone was like, oh, it's only like, I think it was like 80 IDR. So they work in rupees. So 80 rupees would have been like not even four euro, I'd say. And it, he was getting like a good few things. He's getting four or five things. In Ireland, it would have cost him about 15 euro. And he was like, no, that's too expensive. I'll give you 40. I'll give you 40. And I was like, I actually turned around to him because she, she, she was literally like, no, it's, that's not worth my time. Um, and I turned around to him and I was like, you know, 40 is only like two euro. But then he realized he was like, oh, my God, he was like, I thought it was like nine euro or something. He was literally like, I didn't know because he hadn't converted the money in his head. And I was like, that made me realize that then when I went traveling around Asia, like something that would have cost 20 euro over here was only costing four euro over here. But sorry, something that would cost 20 euro in Ireland only cost four euro in Asia. So that's four euro. I give six euro. And even if it's only a two euro difference, to me, it's not that much. But to them, it's huge. Like that's that's extra, extra on table. That's extra food on the table for them. That's been able to support their children to go to different schools. That's them literally like a fiver. Five euro for us would top up a, a moped for them for an entire month is the thing. Whereas a five euro for us wouldn't even get you into town about. So it's kind of like you're definitely right because I think the digital nomad side especially since a lot of us are now going living in cheaper countries because we're earning a better wage. So we're living in places that it's cheaper to live, cheaper to rent for a better life-work balance. Um, but it definitely is having a problem then on the locals themselves because then they're still being paid a very low amount. Because it's literally, I know like, like Portugal is the same, Bali is the same, Changu has gone up to Irish prices, whereas the locals aren't earning an Irish wage. Like like you could be paying 500 euro for accommodation Whereas three years ago, people were paying about 200 euro max for the same accommodation. But it's because there's so many digital nomads there and so many Western people coming in who are earning a bigger wage. It's driving up prices and it's driving out the locals, which is more so. I suppose as I know you can't save the world and, you know, one person can't save the world, but I guess it's just kind of being mindful of, of certain things when you're traveling and maybe even going with, you know, I suppose, local taxi companies as, as opposed to Uber and trying to like shop maybe in the local market as opposed to like Lidl or or um, or Aldi, you know, I suppose trying to maybe do your veg shop in the local market where, where, you know, the local lady has her, you know, suppliers from the country bringing the stuff in, just little things like that. But that's my that's my rant on this could be a whole episode on sustainable travel, honestly. I'm just like, <laughs> but we'll write down that, that, that tip for ourselves. It can be another episode. Um, but I think a good question to even end on, and I'll put this to you, Kate. What is your tips, recommendations, advice for people who might want to work and travel, who might want to leave their job, or just overall in regards to travel? What would you recommend? So firstly, I'd say if in, in general regards to traveling would be to always go with an open mind. So if you have like an expectation or an idea about what a country is going to be like, always go with an open mind. And I think what a lot of people kind of would say to me about traveling is like, are you not like afraid? And like, it's so different. And, 
you know, what if you get lost or what if you can't find something or what if you get sick or what ifs, what ifs, what if. There's a lot of what ifs and a lot of like fears around traveling. And I think it's kind of like what I say and like myself, like I have a like serious illness that I need to travel with as well. Not that I need to travel with, but like that I travel with. And for me, like it's actually taught me a lesson about traveling and that's actually being prepared. So yeah. always be prepared. So if you're someone and you're literally just going away for a week to like Spain or something, or if you're someone who's planning a three month trip around South America, just be prepared. So like have your travel insurance if you need it, you know, have like your phone with power bank. I would always say to bring a power bank with you, bring a photocopy of your documents in case your phone goes missing, print out your boarding pass in case your boarding pass goes missing, have extra supplies of what you need and always have um, enough actual physical cash to get from like, say, you know, I'd say I always have like 50 euro or something so that you can get back to your accommodation if your phone is stolen or you get lost. I know they might seem practical things, but that's what I would say as well. And just kind of depending on where you are, like you always need less than you bring. That's something I've oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, me packing at the moment. I'm like, sure, I need these. I need five pairs of shorts back. And I'm like, I don't need five pairs of shorts. There were like two when I traveled around Bali. People think like a lot of countries are like, oh my God, I won't be able to buy things there. But you will like be able to buy most things that you need, essential things there. And yeah, and I think the most important thing to take with you is a smile. Just smile um, at all the locals and just be friendly. Um, sometimes the language barrier is difficult, but you know, if you learn a couple of words, you'll be grand. <laughs> 100%. You'll be grand. 100%. No, I totally, totally agree. And half the stuff that you said there, I was literally like, I have notes, but I'm like, I actually do still need to get my travel insurance. They're usually so proud. And I need to like finish packing. So I'm actually taking your advice for myself right now to be like, okay, travel insurance? No, honestly, but like I'm going to Portugal in two weeks and I have no accommodation. I have nothing. So I need to sort all that stuff out. But look, it's all an adventure and yeah, it all works out. So yeah, basically, if you guys are, you know, exploring working and traveling or if you are looking into kind of working online or want some advice around traveling and stuff, just reach out to us. We're more than happy to have a chat on our podcast page, The Other Side of Fear, which will be linked below or on our socials, which is Imelda, I'm so social and Katie, Katie's VA Solutions. So do reach out and I hope you enjoyed the episode and remember to keep posted for our episode, the coming episode in two weeks, which we're super excited about. Thanks Imelda. And yeah, until next time. Ciao. Ciao. Bye for now.